Welcome back to It Was Murder, the number one heart to heart podcast in the world. Uh, I'm Eric Blood, your diehard romantic. I'm Elenito, the devoted lover. And I'm the expectant virgin, Joe Garber. And we are talking about the raid tonight. Mm. Uh, and we've been having technical difficulties, so maybe this episode will happen and maybe not. <laughs> but uh, let's just It'll keep happen. our fingers crossed. Maybe not tonight. <laughs> maybe we'll just skip the raid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not canon. Mm. <laughs> well, actually it is. Uh okay, so I start with the minute maxes. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna start. Um I don't remember anything that happened in the beginning. Oh yes, That's I do. That's not good. All right. Uh Jonathan gets a phone call from his friend slash one of his partners who's in South America and um everything's hunky dory, and then he gets kidnapped by a guy that looks like Al Pacino. <laughs> and uh they <laughs> They say they want a million dollars in diamonds because money is is stupid. Um, so the hearts go buy a million dollar necklace and take it to South America and give it to the kidnapper who has already let these people go, which is crazy. Um, then mysterious Latin Woody Allen shows up <laughs> and he's like, hey, Jonathan, we're best friends. Uh, and uh, the the guy that you gave the million dollars to, he's been ruining this city with his fancy parties. And so they crash their fancy party and it looks like they kidnap all of the rich people. <laughs> and then uh, Jonathan and Jennifer give the necklace to the, the people of the town. They do a wow. raid. They do the raid. Yeah, that was I pretty. Think I got that was very succinct. I I <laughs> you did. That's pretty much. That's I don't, I don't you did it. You left anything out? I don't think. Well, I left some details out. <laughs> but as long as I got Woody Allen and Al Pacino in there, I'm fine. <laughs> okay, is it my turn? Yes. Okay. All right. I'm gonna go. <clears throat> the raid. Okay. Jonathan and Jennifer go to Bacopa, a country in South America, <laughs> to to f- give the ransom to a criminal that has kidnapped two of the scientists that work for Hard Industries, which are also friends of Jonathan and Jennifer. Max also comes along for the ride. Uh, there's a bunch of very fake-looking cactuses everywhere to prove that they were actually in South America, uh, and they go to the house from a different episode uh, to end... <laughs> to give the necklace and they act like they're just doing a house visit to a friend. It's a very strange vibe. Anyways, they give him the necklace. He gives them back the hostages. They send the hostages home in the helicopter, but then Jonathan isn't happy. He has to get that necklace back because he paid a million dollars for it. And he thinks it's appropriate to enlist the help of all these impoverished villagers from this town <laughs> to help him, his, him, his rich self reclaim some of his money. And so they all get a bunch of guns and do a raid on the criminal and get the necklace back. But he gives a necklace to them <laughs> <laughs> and redeems himself a slight amount. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Uh, okay. Okay. I'm gonna do. I'm doing it. You're gonna hit start. <laughs> it's at zero though. <laughs> oh, you're so you're doing stopwatch instead of timer. <laughs> oh, I've never used timer. Oh, timer will beep at you when it's done. What's bedtime? I don't know. I've asked myself that since <laughs> since I was five years old. <laughs> and the answer is never. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I'm gonna use stopwatch because. <clears throat> yes. Okay. I'll try and look at it though. Okay. <laughs> Um, all right. The raid. 
<sighs> All right. Jonathan's on the phone with Phil Hampton and he tells him Claire Hampton is pregnant. That's exciting. They're like, oh my God, Jonathan's so excited because his agrotech company is increasing world food production and Jonathan is stoked. So then they um, they find out that uh, Claire and Phil are kidnapped by Al Pacino as Serpico and a bunch of other guys with guns. And so then um, we see a Spanish-speaking guy in high-waisted jeans with kind of rad eyeglasses and we don't know who he is um the hearts are building a doghouse for freeway then they're like oh no the guy got kidnapped we have to go talk to mr fox and he's the unfantastic mr fox because they're like our well our friends survive and he's like unfortunately not unfortunately not and so then the hearts get one million dollars in diamonds and jennifer's like what basket are you putting all your eggs in and he's like my own and then um they go to a party after enlisting all the villagers and then there's like not as much gunfire as you would think given the number of guns and then at the end everything's cool and jorge who's the guy with the high-waisted jeans uh gets the million dollars necklace as a gift from Jonathan and he names the school after him. Wow. Well done. Two seconds to spare. Well done. Nice job. Wow. We did a really good job on this yeah, one. Yeah. We really nailed this. It's our best minute max ever. Yeah. Because this one was not very convoluted, the plot. Well, it's because there wasn't a lot in this episode. There were there were a lot of very long. Mm. So this was their Western episode, like classic American slash Italian Western yeah. episode. Uh, yeah. which is boring um, uh, just yeah. tell <laughs> by me, the nature of it. It's boring. Also, tell me if you guys agree with me that this, I want to nominate this episode for the worst dressed episode for Jonathan and Jennifer. Um, Not for me. Really? Yeah. I, I liked that jacket that she was wearing for 90% of the episode, but it was just, she just kind of looked like a Midwestern like woman. Like it was just so basic. I, I kind of liked Jonathan's, uh, 70s dad western adventure look at the mm. end of the episode god that vest no but yeah no this this episode feels like remnants like it, it just feels like we've got this script okay let's do that one mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't know there's it's there's something off about it you guys mm-hmm. don't think it was their worst dressed what makes you disagree, no, I, Ellen? I don't at all. Oh. Um, the poncho? Well, which one? <laughs> um, the whole village is wearing ponchos, which seems ludicrous because I happen to know that the people in Topago in the great country of Bacopa um, <laughs> have other clothing. They're not just so focused exclusively on the poncho, although there's a wide variety of ponchos. Like there's a little girl wearing like a 60s large plaid poncho. Uh I focused a lot on the clothing in this one because I was so bored otherwise. Um, Oh, okay. I mean, not, I may be bored. That's, that's not quite the word. It's anyways, uh, in answer to your question, Joe, I think the clothing in this is good. I think that Jorge's outfits are really amazing. And he has that olive green hat with the red trim and yes. the red hat. Band. The guy that dresses like Serpico. I always like that. There's another neck. I meant, yeah. I meant just There's, Jonathan and Jennifer. Oh, I like Jonathan Jennifer's stuff oh, too. Okay, okay. Like when Jonathan goes to the state department guy to the unfantastic Mr. Fox and he's wearing <laughs> his rust colored zip up velour pullover with a blazer over it. I'm just like, that's how Jonathan Hart leaves the house yeah. at night to just go make a special appointment because there's been something really yeah. bad happening. Why did why did the unfantastic Mr. Fox repeat unfortunately not? Because that that was the first cue for me that I was like, okay, this was written, this was written either in a different language or it was Bacopan. 
It was <laughs> it was written in Bacopin. Or I don't know. It reminds me. There's a French. There's a French and Saunders sketch making fun of BBC period pieces, mm-hmm. um, where like they're all just like it's supposed to be a Jane Austen era period piece uh-huh. and then like people have curlers in their hair like <laughs> 80s curlers <laughs> in their hairs or like like it, it's it's all just cheap and the dialogue is just kind of like forced dramatic uh it's a very funny sketch mm-hmm. i recommend anyone watch it mm-hmm. but that's kind of what this did for me a lot of the time too and even the humor didn't play for me like nothing yeah. I never laughed at anything in this episode. There was some very awkward joking, very clumsy joking that reminded me of the the Max joke at the end of Downhill to Death with Jonathan and Jennifer in bed together. That whole sequence, I didn't understand how that it was supposed to be funny because the bed was so small, I guess. But yeah. it, they just lingered on it for so long. Well, it was a setup for the dirty joke. Which yeah. I appreciated. I did appreciate the dirty joke. <laughs> uh, I always am, am going to appreciate the dirty jokes, but I don't know. I didn't even laugh at that one. Like mm. I, I, something about this one felt awkward. There was something about, and I, I'm not a fan of westerns. Like I'm not a fan of the good, and ba- the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm not a fan of spaghetti westerns. I'm not a fan of uh, unforgive. Like Clint Eastwood can go fuck himself, as far as I'm concerned. But like all of that stuff doesn't do it for me. Like that's not my aesthetic uh, for film. Or television. Mm-hmm. Didn't like Bonanza either. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this episode relied so heavily on the Western tropes, which it has every right to. It's 1980. Uh, Westerns are a big fucking deal to a lot of people. And that's cool. Mm-hmm. It just isn't my thing. So mm-hmm. it had a strike against it for me. The deck is stacked. Yeah. 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 Although I will say that I was delighted that uh, Max, who decided to come to South America with them because, hey, I wasn't in the last episode. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, So he takes Freeway over to Susie's. Yeah, that was cute. Yeah, That made me really happy. It was weird because he says, Mm -hmm. do you remember I told you Freeway was in love with Susie? And it was like, (laughs) how would they ever forget that? It was a super traumatic like right they almost died a bunch of times <laughs> during that whole sequence of events but to be fair this is the 18th yeah. time that they've almost died yeah so. that's true it was a boring <laughs> tuesday for them yeah <laughs> but I, I i i'm always gonna bring it up and i'm always gonna be delighted when the show references something that happened in a previous episode yeah i'm always gonna Just be delighted you're, you're by down that. you're down with for the universe i am 100 mm. yeah. down with the universe the heart to heart of earth the world building. um joe <laughs> What's your opinion on Westerns? Uh, I have like very loose affiliation with them. Not, not a big fan. I, I, the classics, I don't think I've ever seen a classic Western Westerns to me are like Sundance. Oh, what's that one? Fuck. Butch Cassidy and Sundance, <laughs> Butch Cassidy and the Sundance kid, which I do like. I like I think that. I, I like that one, but I didn't never watch any it. of the, um, I see. I don't, I can't remember any of That's, the names. I, I, I like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance kid. There are some that some films that classify as Westerns that I like. Most of them are from the early to mid seventies. And, mm-hmm. uh, that was, and a, that was a period of <laughs> actually Thelma and Louise kind of. Counts I, that's as kind Western. of my style of Western, um, I guess. But wait, so Joe, you just... I think they're just bored. I think if I've tried to watch them, I was bored out of my skull. Do you lo- do you like them? How do you feel about them? Um, I don't hate them. 
I don't pursue them doggedly by any means. I mean, I think I'm, when I, if I really think about it, I think I'm more interested in, in the cinematic legacy of the Western, which I think is significant. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously, right. Morricone and, and all the things, (laughs) um, I really appreciate that. And I always appreciate like the legacy references and things like that because film. Yeah. Yeah. But um, in terms of having favorites or really enjoying them, I mean, nothing really springs to mind. I think as someone like I grew up watching Japanese films Mm. in movie theaters as a kid, like the first movies that I ever saw for years were Japanese films. Mm -hmm. And so I identify strongly with the adapted uh, Westerns, the ones that are adapted from samurai films, from Chambata films. Like I really like Mm -hmm. that. And a lot of, you know, I I love the idea of the loner. So there, I guess there's a lot of things that I, I connect with, with Westerns, but it's very, very rare that I would say, Oh, I feel like, yeah, watching a spaghetti western that that doesn't really happen. But I'm also a big fan of westerns in sci-fi. Like oh, to yeah. me, the the, yeah. the western tropes translated into science fiction is is actually what I super super love. That so I can that I can absolutely it's get down with. Qualified the Japanese it's all qualified the western Japanese one is that Tom Popo. Is that what you were thinking? <laughs> Tampopo is like a Western spoof. <laughs> yeah, it's like but, a spaghetti uh, Western. I think spoof. more like Yojimbo or, uh, oh, or like actual Seven Samurai, Seven Samurai. Or, yeah, like Kurosawa stuff, which I love. I love those. Okay. Um, I think there are like there are elements to westerns as a genre that I find interesting and that I that I do enjoy. I think it's just that the westerns that are praised and were perpetuated uh, in mm-hmm. American slash Italian cinema. Uh, really, they really just bore me. Like there, there's just really nothing there for me. Yeah, I will. I will say something that I really love that is Western. Um, is Deadwood? Oh, I never watched that. I love Deadwood. I watched the first season, maybe two seasons of Deadwood, and then I completely gave up. I tried to watch mm-hmm. some Godless. Have you heard of Godless? It's an mm-hmm. it's on Netflix and it's a show about a western town where all the men die or mm-hmm. go away and so it's a town run Sounds by amazing. all women. And, that I want to watch. And Merritt Weaver's in it. Merritt Weaver's in it. Like, the only reason I want to watch is because Merritt Weaver's in it. <laughs> but I recently I just tried to make it oh, yeah, through. Yeah. I was already 20 minutes into the first episode that I didn't remember mm-hmm. at all and I tried to make it further and I just couldn't. I was so bored and it really is Mm. they they love to focus on that banality i guess just of life and that's like seems like a theme for westerns is just how boring things are and slow and just the pacing just really throws me i can't do it a lot of times well i'm i guess too i like things like high noon you know like the john ford type thing but Mm. there's also i think what's off-putting for me about westerns is that of course the the (laughs) The tropes in terms of the characters are can be very challenging. That's still going um, on. the The protagonist male who has like hurtful past and he's very quiet and reserved. I feel like that came from westerns, right? And I'm so sick of that character. Well, it's white. It's I, white saviors with a fridged wife. Like it's always. Yeah. It's always. Yeah, a white savior with a dead white like mm-hmm. the, it's a it's trope after trope for the characters. I mean, the 
there are there are people that do it well. I'm sure. Like there are people yeah. that I'm sure that I've seen things that I'm not that aren't coming to mind that I think were fantastic. Just really bored of that damaged male character. Yeah, I'm bored of. <laughs> I'm I'm. It does. It just doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> that wasn't the character I was thinking. I don't mind that character, um, but you know, like what is my favorite western? I guess I have a few. I don't feel compelled to name them except to say that, of course, Firefly is probably one of my favorite Westerns. Yeah, I like space. Yeah, it's if it's in space, oh. I'm going to get down That's with it. That's what I mean. Like the the Western <laughs> as sci-fi is yeah. something mm-hmm. I'm always trying to, uh, you know, at my, at my work there, there's a Western collection and, and I'm always trying to get them to have a, a symposium or mm-hmm. a film series about the Western is sci-fi because I just think that it's so rich and there's such high quality work there. And so it might also be just the time period. Like I just connect with it a lot more. And I think in terms of where I would have been exposed to Westerns as a child that weren't Japanese and in a movie theater would be, there just was always a choice, you know, like there was monster theater, there was sci-fi, there was just the awesome things like world of Henry Orient. And then there was like the Western one. And for some reason, it just wasn't that compelling to me to watch the Western films in general. So, but I don't have a problem with the aesthetics. I'll say that because Eric doesn't care for the aesthetics. I do have an issue with the aesthetics, but, but it's, it's completely, that's so such a personal thing. It hasn't, I'm not passing any judgments. (laughs) Well, to also to out myself as a super nerd, I was super, I was very into cowboy bebop and Trigun when I was in, Middle school, high school, which are both anime, cowboy bebop, cowboy bebop, cowboy bebop. It's but it's a very western stylized uh, sci-fi show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a sci-fi western. And Trigun, which is such a stupid name, but that is another very western sci-fi anime. (laughs) Oh my god! Does it mean you like westerns? Maybe (laughs) I guess through a lens. We have fully digressed. Anyway, we but we were watching the raid uh, today, and <laughs> and my mind kept drifting. Yeah, where am I? I was like now, I have no where notes. I? I, my notes were: Why did the guy repeat? Unfortunately, not. And that's funny because we both keyed in on that. Yeah, and then yeah. my my last note was Susie. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of my one of the things I did think was funny was the jewelry store scene. I kind of enjoyed that because they're looking where Cadbury faints. Yeah. <laughs> Cadbury. Yeah. Is that his name? No, oh. I don't know what his name was. I hope it's it was. just so funny that uh, a man, his job, his sole job is to sell expensive jewelry. And then when mm-hmm. he sells a piece of expensive jewelry, he faints. <laughs> he sold so. the necklace that I, I don't think he was ever going to sell. Like that was, he that was a necklace that gets rented. And I guess he also knew Jonathan Hart. He, clearly is the man that's taken over the lease from um the crabby old buzzard man's jewelry store yes. crabbury right <laughs> <laughs> from from which way um, freeway <laughs> i sort of like that they, that they were trying to to illustrate like classism and snobbery like that was yeah kind of kind of and then they do it in a very strange way later on in the episode the the classes yes. thing i mean there's a redemption sort of at the end Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Those people laid their lives down to get that million dollar necklace back for Jonathan. It's but they're seeing the bigger picture. Like they're ready for their revolution. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna. Do you want to know what notes I took? Because I'm trying to take notes now. But yeah. I just write down one thing and then I stop. Yes. Um. I wrote more than one thing though. Oh. My notes. My notes say. 
unfortunately not. And that's underlined. And then, <laughs> and then underneath it, I wrote again, unfortunately not. <laughs> <laughs> and then weirdly, like I have a big piece of paper in front of me, but weirdly it's angled and sort of leading off of the bottom right corner of the piece of paper. It says, Jorge whips him. Oh yeah. That was great. So Jorge, Jorge. the Woody Allen, the Woody Allen of, <laughs> of Bacopa, um, what a whip, whips Lorenzo, who is the Serpico yes. of the general area surrounding Bacopa. Bacopa. Oh, there's something I, I feel like I have to talk about with Lorenzo. Too and it write is, it down. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I think I remember what he said. So when when he calls Mr. Cober to tell him that the hearts have come to town, he goes on about how they look for a yeah. little while. And he says that Jonathan he's is like, very oh, good John looking. Is, and he says Jonathan is elegant. Yeah, that's yeah, that's right. And it's like, hey, Lorenzo. I mean, that's totally cool. But that time. seems like a weird thing to be telling Mr. Cober, who already knows who Jonathan and Jennifer are, because he hates Jonathan with a white hot yeah. uh, hate. Yeah. Because of that, you know, because of that court sitch. Mm-hmm. What was their background? I missed that whole. So the, mm. the big villain, who was very classy looking, mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. loved his look. Uh, <laughs> not a very memorable. Herb. Herb Cober. Yeah. Not a very memorable <laughs> acting villain, but his, his look was great. What was his background with Jonathan? Oh, the know? unfantastic Mr. Fox at the state department, uh, reminds Jonathan about how Jonathan testified against Herb Cober. That's right. And oh. It was like all these, I don't, I don't know. It was stuff like blah, blah, racketeering, blah, 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 fraud, blah, blah, blah. And Jonathan's all terse. Like I thought that, I thought that he was out of my life. So, of course, like as soon as they pull up to the villain's lair, I said, huh, is this Monaco? <laughs> Are we in Monaco suddenly? <laughs> yeah. And I, I didn't want to I didn't want to like bring it up and be corrected or or, you know, falsely identify a location as something that that it wasn't. Oh, yeah. So for uh, about. 10 minutes of this episode <laughs> I was watching with this gun Ivy wed on my phone. Oh yeah. Uh, to find the house that they go to <laughs> in that episode. And sure enough, it's the same. It's the same house. Mm. Uh, the interior is different, but the, the exterior, although I have a feeling that the interior that they show in the raid is the actual interior of that house is the actual like first floor of that house. Mm. Um, but in with this gun Ivy wed, we only see, uh, what's her name's bedroom. Oh yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Anyway, y'all being cheap. You spend all your money on veil. Yeah. <laughs> you had to go, you had to go <laughs> back to it. fucking worth it. Pasadena or whatever. <laughs> also the rest of it was shot in Tucson. Um, just so you know, really old, old Tucson, little Tucson in Los Angeles. <laughs> Um, because Tucson town, Tucson town. I'm so oh, sure those cactuses. <laughs> yeah, those cactuses were so fake. They had to be. Joe Joe brought up how fake the cactuses were, and I was like, no, they're in Tucson. Like there are cactuses. There are cacti. And then there was a scene where they're driving by a cactus, uh-huh. and it like it shudders. <laughs> It just wiggled back and forth. I was like, oh, yeah. And then we, then Joe goes, yeah, look, there's dirt mounds at the bottom of every cactus. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's true. They they looked like foam rubber and they were in every shot outside just to show like, we're in South America. Look, there's cactus like this everywhere. We're definitely in South America. Because South America, known for its cacti, not its rainforests. Right. So it's like, I guess they're in Central America. Oh, yeah. yeah, I guess that's really like, mm, not really feels still like they're just in some fake thing that maybe is carved out of the bottom of Mexico. Yeah. 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 I, I can't speak like the ecosystem was not making sense. Yeah. It just, uh, you know, I'm glad that Jonathan's excited about things that increase world food production. That was, a, I, I love it that they keep dri- like driving home that the, the hearts are humanitarians mm-hmm. at heart. Like they're <laughs> at heart, <laughs> but that they're, that they're, you know they're they're trying to do good with their mm-hmm. their wealth and their well not just their wealth but like their most of their some at least of their 20 interconnected corporations are working to to feed people which is yeah. a great the, thing the to do portfolio is diverse for yeah. sure mm-hmm. yet interconnected it's true we yeah. see that it's interconnected just in this season even yeah and i like i like that the companies appear over and over again, like these big, um, these umbrellas underneath, like the larger umbrella of hard industries, because we see Camo Cal again. Yes. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> which Cal. cracks me up because that's mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of heart shipping, which is, it's like that name's not good. Once you learn about Camo Cal. Yeah. Did um, we bring up heart, the heart ski gear that, uh, Oh yeah. You heart had in gloves. Oh, but ski gloves. Of course. I think that's awesome. Heart ski. It's like, I wish I don't even ski and I kind of wish I had some heart skis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'd be awesome. I'm glad that they got rid of those two scientists pretty quick. They didn't really, yeah, yeah. Uh, they were so happy at the beginning cause she just, she had just been pregnant impregnatized (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, joe fancy words (laughs) so i'm glad they didn't linger and just the whole them jennifer and jonathan going as if they're just going to visit friends to get them back they walk into that house with zero protection zero max even was just in the town and they were basically saying we're gonna walk into this criminal overlord's house give him this million dollar necklace that jennifer is wearing and then get these kidnapped scientists back and that is what happens i forgive this story for that because they knew him i guess uh like, well and, he, and it, he's like he's like oh, um i'm a thief after all right i have mm-hmm. honor yeah but, uh, it's like you also have really cool big frame glasses mm-hmm. <laughs> Herb Yeah. Herb. And there was no, I wish, also, I wonder what the scientists were doing in Bacopa and if they had a room with car, different car weather that we could, uh, maybe could have utilized. Like a stock of corn. <laughs> yeah, cactus. I mean, we know that they had guards and one of them got iced because mm. he just stood up in the back of their pickup truck. I know. And uh, while they were being shot at, that was terrible. And then he rolled, not as many times as Rose, but he also did a dramatic tumble. But what was odd to me was that the Hamptons didn't, I know that we have to see them freaking out. So technically they kind of can't duck down in the cinematographic world of heart to heart. But it just makes it weird that a man is not at least like, covering his pregnant 
yeah. wife while someone's just shooting the shit out of that truck. Yeah. I, th- I liked that scene. I thought that was exciting. That's good. And pretty realistic. And that woman is a really good actor. I thought she did a really good job of freak actually freaking out and screaming and just, yeah, I thought yeah, that was I pretty mean, realistic. She's freaking out. <laughs> I was yeah. more, I was sure. more mostly concerned for their driver. Yeah, oh God. Yeah. Clearly. At least they didn't, they didn't have the shot off screen, you know, like the bullet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Out. And that I like, was a bummer right off the bat. It's a bummer. Yeah. They bring up the fact that they had guards to Jonathan. Jonathan is mm-hmm. like, yeah, I know that Like, <laughs> he's sort of sassy about they should have been guarded, but they weren't. And then they just go unguarded into the Bocopa. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot of serious, intense Jonathan face mm-hmm. in this one <laughs> but really i don't remember a good moment between jennifer jennifer and jonathan that just I, the, just the slutty bed thing that was like the best i don't know i didn't like it uh. like trying to figure out how that <laughs> chimney goes on the doghouse at the beginning why does it need a chimney i found, I found that very existential mm. what, the point of a chimney on a doghouse yeah mm-hmm. they're, they're just really having this existential conversation and i was, was thinking what is the chimney what are they really talking about? Well, it's interesting because this episode was co-written by Jean-Paul Sartre. So it's wow, <laughs> Sartre. I had a feeling. I, looked I had up, a feeling. I looked up the writer of this episode because I I mm-hmm. was having like a weird like what the fuck is this uh, moment. Mm-hmm. This guy has two credits. He he wrote I think five episodes of Heart to Heart, uh, and oh. he wrote one episode of Mash. And that's it. Oh, okay. huh. that's it. That smells to me like a company man. Like it just, I feel like this was a British, mm. <laughs> this just seemed British to me for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> like if there was just something missing. I really can't think of a coherent rewrite I have for this, for Bacopa because I'm just going to call this episode Bacopa. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It it was kind of trying to do a lot. It seemed like it was more ambitious than they had budget to do because it was really silly when they're preparing the whole village for this raid. uh, Then they get there and it's very silly what happens. It's really Flintstonesy, cartoony. The people are just clonking heads together and whipping (laughs) shit. Oh my god! What? Yeah, Serpico gets just like lassoed. Whips. He gets lassoed at, at the at the shin Whipped, and just he's yeah. out. Yeah. He's out. He's passed out. His, his brain is in his shins. That's apparently. the last time like we that's, see him. That's that. And also Jonathan, the big the big battle royale at the end with uh, with, <laughs> with, with Spice. Yeah. Uh, he just like hugs him and puts puts him on the couch, and the guy's passed out. It's yeah. So strange. It's a really strange quote fight. Yeah, I mean it's technically a fight. There were some punches thrown, I guess. Yeah, like I mean they're just and they're just kind of whipping around in that weird room with her safe in it. And then there was a moment when he's reaching into the safe, he could have grabbed the necklace or a gun, right? Gun, right. And everyone's all don't, don't do it. And it seemed (laughs) like do it. They were were trying to do something with his greed being the thing that killed him, but they didn't really fully do that. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Which is weird considering how heavy that doghouse chimney thing is. <laughs> it's just kind of like, yeah. you know, to, for me, the doghouse, the doggy house, because that's what they call it, the doggy house. Um, you know, it's just like, I'm pretty sure we all know that 
reading from the instructions, it's just no way to live, right? So there's yeah. going to be questions. It's like, yeah. don't read, don't read what it's telling you yeah. to do with the chimney. Ask yourself these questions. <laughs> yeah, ask yourself. What is the chimney? Why a chimney? Yeah, be your own doghouse yeah. manual. When Jennifer was reading the instructions, though, didn't the instructions even say that the chimney was decorative? Like, wasn't there something yeah, in the it's language the decorative chimney. that said it was like a decorative yeah. chimney? Mm, but that's, that's what makes me like it even more, because even though she says that, they dive right in. Like it's, it's still just provocative. And, and like Max they're challenging is, it. Max is one hundred percent on board with them. It's like, what's with the chimney? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I like that they're they're challenging the written word. Her yeah. challenging that decorative chimney instruction is mm-hmm. like her saying, "What's what's Kate doing up on the slope after the whole po- <laughs> or or what's Halsey doing?" Halsey. That's a Jennifer moment of just her like not comprehending, I guess, sort of. But also, I love how deep this chimney doghouse thing is because at the end of the scene max says it's for doggy santa claus and, oh, Je- that was- and jennifer goes oh oh okay yeah, yeah. that like, was that was cute so silly that and then cute. oh i also love that jennifer makes fun of max's voice oh she does yeah which i really love it felt like very meta because we always do that <laughs> it's like she was part of the podcast i love that jennifer and max are insistent on speaking the native language of places that they go to mm. um, that that makes me very happy jonathan obviously doesn't give a shit but that's cool whatever uh, it seems aligned with his character yeah it always delights me when when jennifer speaks spanish and it, it was really nice when she was speaking spanish with jorge mm-hmm. and and like he's like, oh my god, where'd you learn to speak Spanish? She's like, oh, you know, from Mexico and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. It was so cute. Apparently, speaking Spanish makes it way easier for Jennifer to cheat on Jonathan <laughs> and just fuck yeah. her around as much as she wants because her her and Jorge run off at the end of the episode, and she says, "Catch up to us in half an hour." That was around around the corner. Yeah. I'll meet you around the corner. Yeah, yeah that was we- again weird dialogue, Very like a really weird. I of course don't read that as. Hey, I'm gonna go fuck your old friend, your literally old man friend. That's how I read uh, it exactly. <laughs> that is what I read. And it's gonna take a half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> on that little tiny bed. I feel like I don't usually speculate on like where the episodes fit into this larger timeline or or schema for heart to heart in general, but this episode does just feel like they're like, yeah, we'll do a Western. Like that's, it's like just, it's, we plug it in and there's, there's adventure, you know, Mm -hmm. and these characters that, I mean, they can go all in on it. And I, I think they pretty much did like in terms of just keeping it slightly reined in. But I I think that, you know, I get it. People like a Westerner. Well, except for Eric, Mm -hmm. people like a, a Western and it feels both very, very intentional and very disposable and throw away at the same time. Yeah. But for me, what I was alluding to this um, after we were done with the episode prior to this, that just where it's a, it's a tonal shift for me that feels extra sharp and steep after downhill to death. Mm-hmm. It just, it's just a like the record scratch and the tonal shift. It's just like, Oh no. Uh-uh, that's no, hmm. you know, but it's also because they've just been 
lulling me into a comfort zone and placating me with haunted houses and <laughs> and ski lodges and yeah. Irish coffees and all the things and you know murderous snowmen. It just <laughs> so like they're they're like we're giving you everything you like and then it's like oops yeah guess guess what Ellen much like life it's like this one is for your things you don't like here's an episode for your grandpa now or for your uncle don't get too comfortable this is going to remind you of that stupid show kung fu this episode broke me i i don't i don't get it i i just don't get it i i understand the western style and i wonder (laughs) i understand that the tropes of westerns and this hit all the points like it really did i don't know I it did I everything. Of, it's like a, a stranger comes to a town, picks a fight with the bad guy of the town, yeah, and then classic. the town rallies around the stranger to defeat the bad guy. This is classic. This has been done yeah. a million times. Like I should, for my love of genre, I should love this. Like I should really love it. But it is my my dislike of westerns. And that it just felt shoehorned into the season or the or the series for that matter. Like it just felt like, well, let's try all this shit. Like let's try a haunted house one. Like let's do a yeah. let's do an Agatha Christie one. Let's do yeah. Let's do this. Let's do that. And just see what works. Because we if if it works, then cool, we can do that again. And I'm hoping this one didn't work. Like I I don't know. Like it's <laughs> I I looked at the IMDb IMDb ratings. Mm-hmm. Uh, from people and it's a it's a fairly loved episode it's a fairly high rated episode love the love romantic and slash gritty visions of the west the western is just the thing people do love it obviously as we covered already i'm not i'm not well educated into westerns but this when i watched this episode it didn't super strike me as a western vibed heart to heart episode to me that would have been some jonathan and jennifer on the on a trail on horses and then they run into some stranger or the the gunslinging uh draw what's that called when you draw guns at each other a duel like (laughs) that kind of thing or it just there are western things like the small town and them helping jonathan but they didn't i don't think they did it in a western trope way i think what you're thinking of is they didn't do it in a cowboy way necessarily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, you're right. It's not cowboy. No, this was way more stranger. I show up. I see a wrong happening, and I write that wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that Jonathan has earned that. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's my thing. I don't think that they've earned that. So you're you're getting the white savior vibes. Very much so. Very much so. And it, and even though I did, I was like, oh, that's I love that they're giving this necklace to this guy for the town. But then I'm like, well, now this guy has to figure out how to sell a fucking diamond <laughs> yeah. necklace. <laughs> Just and right. I, people, there is no internet. There is up. no internet. Yeah. <laughs> I know. How much is he going to get for that necklace? He's gonna, he ain't going to get no million dollars. Why didn't the hearts just like say, hey, we're going to like, here, here's the, the check for a million dollars. I have post dated it for two days after we get back to the States when we can return this necklace and get the money back. I don't know. But that's that's dumb to that. I, I admit that's dumb of me to think about that's a stupid thing to think about it just isn't it didn't work it didn't none of it felt earned to me this yeah this episode is just uh, it just doesn't doesn't quite it doesn't click with me i think that the the bones of this episode i think are 
good, honestly. I think that um, Jonathan and Jennifer getting embroiled in the politics of a small town that's being manipulated by this rich asshole is a good outline for an episode. It just, they I'd never felt like that was exactly what was happening because they were kind of joking the whole time. They were sort of on vacation. There was never any real sense of danger at all. It, even when they were r- doing the raid, uh, it was just bonking heads in a cartoon way and the whip and even the last fight never felt dangerous at all. Yeah. So it's either, it's either go way grittier <laughs> for me. <laughs> yeah. Like, like go real dark Yeah, or, or go real light. Like yeah. it, it has to be one or the other because right right now we're in this middle of the road thing that I don't know. For me, it's already got a bullet in its leg from being a Western. So I'm just like, eh, I just I, didn't care. Man, I think you could make that. It's fun, already though. got a whip around its shins. <laughs> it's already <laughs> yeah. been whipped in the shins. <laughs> But Serpico, like... (laughs) I would do another um, (laughs) Romancing the Stone vibe, too, like in Passport to Murder, where Jonathan and Jennifer end up in the in the wilds and they have to jump off a cliff into a river or something yeah. like that with all those armed guards something fun like that that's when there's when the episode started uh and the the car chase with the with the guns i was yeah. like oh this is gonna be an action episode yeah and then it was not then it, it was, was it was a lot of very long and very silent shots mm-hmm. of people of townspeople preparing for a raid and that was like 10 minutes of the episode was silent. <laughs> I'm not joking. Silence and yeah. shots of not like, silence. Cause there was Mark scores or Mark snows music, yeah. but, uh, which also totally not memorable. He didn't channel Morricone at all. He did, Jorge, yeah, he did Jorge's the theme. fucking Jorge theme, which, yeah. which I was like, this is dumb. But yeah, I don't know. This one wasn't for me. This one just wasn't for me. Of murder between friends, because there were a lot when they go to the funeral, there's a lot of really long, slow language shots in that one. The pacing was a lot like this episode where it was just boring. (laughs) Well, but but you appreciated that when we saw murder between friends. You thought it made it more cinematic and sort of elevated Mm -hmm. the overall feel and and look of the show from a production value. I don't hate this episode, honestly. I don't hate it. I I think it stumbled a lot. And with that, especially where it was, they're trying to be a little bit more cinematic maybe, but not well done. I I just thought they were, they were better at it with night horrors where where like everyone got a close up still shot of, of themselves staring Mm -hmm. at something. Yeah. Like that works for that but for that's me. Also, you guys, Th- these are all that's tropes. Your, that's your the- genre that is beloved to you. <laughs> true, that's very true, very true. So I'm I'm way more forgiving of a haunted house mystery mm-hmm. than I am of a western. Right, but we're very familiar with the western, so it's not so it's not about the familiarity; it's about the affection, right? It's yeah. just mm-hmm. there's something particularly for you, Eric, that does just it just doesn't get you where you live. Like it doesn't it doesn't um, move you. In the same way that horror does. I think that for me, there the one thing I would say, it's not necessarily, I'm not going to go elbows deep in it and uh, root around. It's to the point of it being a rewrite, but I, I <laughs> think that it could have changed the pacing of the episode, which clearly like that wasn't their intent. The slow pace was meant to build that suspense. And that's very much the classic Western, right? Like yes. everyone's just waiting around the town for something to happen, which is 
kind of a great thing about Westerns and they totally went for that. And I kind I respect that, but in terms of it aligning specifically with other heart to heart episodes, um, it would seem more aligned if the Hamptons were still being held captive. And so we had the parallel track of Jonathan saying to Jorge, like, we haven't had a chance to talk for a while, my friend. And then Jorge, you know, expounds on his his feelings about wanting to uh, you know about the loss of the town and and how he wants to take it back while at the same time you know jennifer or whoever like they're trying to figure out how to safely retrieve the couple yeah the scientists i'm fine with it because they honored the western mm-hmm. and you know you ha- you make a choice so they honored the western which i think is kind of actually great for an episodic late prime time uh, <laughs> mystery show you mm-hmm. know i respect that yeah 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 but, but again, I, what I'm really saying is the same thing that I already said, which is there's just a tonal shift mm-hmm. that, you know, is not, it's, it's not shifting in a direction that is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's also not a mystery. There's no mystery, um, mm-hmm. like zero mystery in this and, and suspense, yeah. suspense is, is one thing. Like I'm all about the suspense. Give me the Hitchcock. Give me all that shit. Oh, I'll give you shit. <laughs> <laughs> please, um, please. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Some of them just, they just aren't mysteries as Joe has cleverly uh, pointed out <laughs> yeah. every time. But there was murder. There was murder. I know, I was and thinking. for me, it's like, there's a whip. Yeah. There's a whip. You were mentioning how Westerns, like one of the things about Westerns is the suspense building of, of the people just waiting to, mm. to yeah. do this thing. I don't think that translates to television but would you agree that it seems like that's what they were trying what, to Oh, 100%. To like, that's totally what they were doing. They were doing everything, and they were doing everything right. As far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. they did everything that they were trying to do correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it was successful is up to you. Like, it's up to, it's up to the viewer. And this viewer didn't dig it. There was a glimmer of the anticipation when they the guns were being delivered in the baskets and then they were all mm-hmm. gathered in the barn. Other, it's yeah. Market day. But you're right. It's, it is so strange that they just got rid of the hostages and they gave them back and that, that was done. And then it was just about this dumb necklace that is so low stakes. It was weird to me that they let them go. Yeah. Um, because they let them go well before they received the ransom. Because they were walking down that road. Because they just let him walk down this fucking road. So I guess he really knows Jonathan enough to trust him to deliver. Well, of course, he, he trusts Jonathan. I know that he trusts Jonathan, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then he knows that this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. But okay, here here's my rewrite. I, I don't <laughs> I don't wish death upon the Hamptons, but they should have been killed. They like they should. They, <laughs> I'm serious. They, like the heart should have delivered the necklace. Or unborn and then child. on the when he said you'll discover them on the road on your way back to town they should have found their fucking bodies they should have found their bodies that would have been that would have amped it up quite a bit well it would have really put some weight on it you know what i thought was gonna happen for the hearts what would have been even better than that is they send them off in that helicopter and then the helicopter explodes joe said oh the helicopter's gonna explode and i was like because they were (laughs) is the helicopter filming it in a way that seemed like that was gonna happen they were gonna watch this helicopter explode which would have been awesome because it's basically like the episode is over after they deliver deliver the necklace it's only jorge who is the best character in the episode who like he's he's the one that Mm -hmm. that creates the story from that point on you know jorge good style (laughs) whoever styled jorge is like yeah keep doing that that was such a 
just great layers. And, you know, in that climate, it's like hot during the day, cold at night. Really good look with the layers. Yes. Mixing like the plaids with the, it was just, just very, very good. And all of the, you know, like Serpico and the other, I don't know what to call them. The other henchmen, ambush, minions. ambush guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, just a lot of really good hats. Yeah. A Bacopa lacks not for quality haberdashery. <laughs> this is Bacopa. true. <laughs> That's their greatest export is fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, Bacopan haberdashery. I would have loved to see Jorge use his signature whip a couple more times, though. Like I, that would have been cool if he whipped the gun out of um, the guy's hand at the end. That would have been really cool, but he didn't. <laughs> and then Jonathan punched him in the stomach, and he fell on a couch. Well, but that wasn't Jorge's fight to yeah. have. True, because Jorge does obviously have a serious bone to pick with the Herb Cobra, the man that ruined, um, what you call it? What do you call it? DePago? What's it called? Bacopa. DePago. No, the town. DePago. DePago, yeah. So Herb Cobra, the man that destroyed DePago, obviously Jorge has a problem with him, but Mm. he's stepping aside to allow his friend to settle the score. Yeah. Because Herb Cobra crossed Jonathan. Yes. This... This episode also would have been a great moment to have a recurring villain come return. Uh, if one of the villains from the past, thinking uh, <laughs> like Agira, Agira shows up, like w- with half of his body burnt off, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or the Bizarro Bizarro heart, or just covered in yellow paint, just one oh, of the. Come on, a woman would show up dressed as a male gunslinger, <laughs> oh. all in black, and it would be Agira's daughter. Yeah, <laughs> Agira's daughter. And yes. she would say, my name is Agira, because it, because it would be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just think that would have been a great, it, it would have been a more memorable experience to have this, one of their past villains take over this town and fuck with them in this way. And it could have really easily fit into the episode. And the villain we got, he was boring. He looked great, but he was just boring, like that art dealer, sort of. I mean, like, I appreciate the strong desire to have sort of a Moriarty, like, yeah. Thread uh, running through. Arch nemesis. Um, right, like a Blofeld sort of uh, vibe. But, you know. Mm, it's not what we get. Maybe it was Halsey. <laughs> can't, can't you just be excited that Susie got mentioned? Uh, yeah, that was exciting. They could have done a little bit more world building in that way, though. I wonder why they didn't. I mean, these little, little things make me so happy. It's just you can't really do that during this time, I feel, because it probably was very rare for someone to watch all of the episodes, right? They didn't do the world building in the way at which we're accustomed to now because you're not sitting and watching 15 fucking episodes and then talking on the internet with people about (laughs) correct uh, for 1,500 years. Like this, this, what we're doing right now. It's not happening. What they did then is they watched them on TV and then they talked about them on FM radio. No, they talked about them on the around the water cooler at work. Yeah, the next yeah. Day. Mm. They didn't talk about it on the radio. <laughs> no. Speaking of hits, I think it's time. <laughs> Shit. For what? Pick, Pick your puck. Ellen hates it more. Every I'm time. sorry, Ellen. <laughs> uh, my my poke is uh, the Hamptons driver. Oh. I didn't even get a good oh. look. He, he had was, nice he, hair, he was adorable. like a little bit long, and the the blood running down his face. Yeah, he was super. You know, cute. he's about to die. He was very. They attractive. say his name. Uh, yeah, they did, but I didn't catch it. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, driver. Sometimes it's sometimes it's better like that. <laughs> 
I really don't have one in this. I never, I didn't choose one, uh, but the the main villain, I guess. Of course. Mm-hmm. The silver haired. Your Howard. Your Fancy. Howard surrogate. Norman. 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 How dare you? Why do we? Uh, <laughs> Joe kept calling him Howard. Nor- Norman <laughs> will be hearing about this. <laughs> <laughs> if he puts his hearing aid in. <laughs> um, do you have one, Ellen? Which poncho is your poke? <laughs> Pick your poncho. <laughs> um, Pick your poncho. Well, while I am drawn to the um, styling, it's Jorge because okay. he dresses yeah. really good and he's a man of integrity. He also, is. he's charming. He's charming. He was cool. He, yeah, he has those, his glasses are like, oh, those are really good. You know, he just. Jorge. You know what else he, he has? A whip. <laughs> he does have a whip. And I, a whip. Not not a problem for me. That's a pretty attractive accessory. It's a very say. sexy and weapon. Since since Indiana Jones, uh, a whip has been a very attractive accessory. My second place was Max because he really showed up the um, hearts in his styling this episode. Or he, or he just fits mm. that vibe a lot better than they do. They look like cosplay dress up. <laughs> uh, especially with that dumb vest. I hate that vest that Jonathan wore at the end. The ve- yeah, the vest was bad, but it, I liked his hat. I don't know. I liked his hat, and I liked no. And he his, had a little scarf on again. The, I liked the little scarf. I don't really have a problem with Jonathan's looks. I mean, I think Jennifer's dressed fairly appropriately for where they're going and what they're doing <laughs> for ransoming. I had more of a problem with Jennifer's night attire in the bed joke scene. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a riff on an, on a night shirt. It's, it's like the red with the white. Yeah. Like the Chanel trim. style trim. Mm. I also was like, why are y'all I mean, wearing all these clothes to bed? <laughs> yeah. That jacket she wore for most of the episode, it just looked like something that Stephanie powers came to set in the fact that they wore it, she wore it in the jewelry store to me is offensive. I don't have the glamour level requirements, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Or not, not the allowed. same in that way. Yeah. I, well, no, I just, I just don't have that expectation necessarily. So for me, the coat that she's wearing into the jewelry store, I'm like, sure, that makes sense. Like yeah. 1980, it's like maybe it's like Jan Sport or mm-hmm. REI or whatever. Like, Cool. Yeah. And to me, it says more for those characters to go into the store and allow them to have that interplay about um, assumptions and classism and, and snobbery. Like to me, that that's more interesting than if she <laughs> if she showed up in a gown, or that, that, dress. That, that sweater with the eyeball <laughs> with the eyeball epaulets again. Yeah. I, I mean, I get what you're saying. Like yeah. that is it is it consistent with the character? I think because Jennifer is scrappy and she doesn't come from money and she works and yeah. you know, she was like an investigative journalist and an author. So she likes to be out in the field. And so I think it, she probably welcomed the opportunity to pack kind of a hideous nightshirt <laughs> and wear yeah. a Gore-Tex, an early Gore-Tex yeah. uh, coat. Ratings? Yeah. Um, I'm giving this a one. Ooh, really? I'm not going to wow. watch it. I'm not going to watch this one again. Holy this is, a, this is the first one I will watch, uh, hit Jennifer Hart again. I'm not going to watch this one again. Wow. So far, this is the only one I will skip. Damn. That is rough. Um, I'm giving it a 3.5 because I don't think it was that bad at all. I think it did stumble a lot and was a little clumsy, but, 
I think they were shooting for the stars on this one. They had a lot of huge uh, goals with it, and they tried for something that they didn't quite make. But you know, I like that they at least attempted this crazy political story with all these villagers and everything. Ah, this is challenging for me. It's like, is it a two point five for me? Is it a three? Is it two point five? Is it a three? I'll ask a question because, Eric, you established some loose criteria for us when we first started. What I'm trying to reconcile is my enjoyment of the show, my personal enjoyment level of the show, like against kind of what Joe is touching upon. For me, like it is sort of of noble and and unexpectedly humorous for them to tap into uh, the Western. Mm hmm. So I'm sort of torn. Which one should I place more weight upon? My enjoyment or what they're trying to accomplish? I would always go for your enjoyment. Um, 2.5. Oh. Yeah. To me, them shooting for the stars adds to my enjoyment, even if they fail. Like, even if it's a swing and a miss, if it's a big swing, I'm going to enjoy a bigger swing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, this was, I didn't think it was much of a swing. I thought it was like a. Really? They invented a whole country, though. They didn't go to one. Uh, so, yeah, that's true. So there you go. But that's yeah, no, not true. It's like, they went it's... to Monaco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I think I think enjoyment is is more than than anything. I, then then I'm comfortable seating it with with that two point five uh, clarification. I, I'll, I'll you know say what? I mean, I, th I think they did shoot this in Bacopa because Bacopa is where <laughs> wherever you want it to be. Bacopa because it exists in our Bacopa minds. Bacopa is in your mind, <laughs> yeah. baby. It's the political struggle <laughs> in our minds. It's a state of mind. Yeah. Well, that that it's a seven. The total score of the raid is a seven, which is a, a it's dead in the center of a heart murmur. Mm, okay. Oh wow! I, I brought it up. I think that's a I think that's a legit rating. I think I also give this one points for being way less convoluted because our minute maxes speak to the fact that this was a very coherent plot. You know. There weren't a lot of just extra characters thrown in and confusing twists and stuff like that. But I think that's because it wasn't a mystery. Yeah, yeah. But they're mostly not. No, they usually are. Like, they usually are in some respect a mystery. If, if like, the hearts weren't trying to figure out who did something in oh. this episode. Yeah, I guess. Right. Um, it's not about it being a mystery to the viewer. It's about it being a mystery to the hearts. To the hearts. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I guess. Well... So you said it's a seven. Is that what it's you a said? Seven. A seven. Mm -hmm. So everyone. It's like dead in the center. It's a middle of the road. Yeah. Which is where it so belongs that's in my opinion. The copacetic. Oh, no. <laughs> Thank you. Uh oh. Thank you. <laughs> Don't ever besmirch pick your poke again because you made that dad joke just now. <laughs> <laughs> and you've made me do uh, pick my poke like 1,500 times. That's yeah, true. Technically, only uh, 18 times. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so many more than I thought. This is I the thought. 18th episode of the podcast. And wow. I can't remember any of them. Mm -hmm. Joe, how did it feel to not have a poke? How uh, does it feel? It felt like uh, I was in a void space. I didn't feel like myself. Correct. Mm -hmm. Correct. Mm -hmm. <laughs> See, to me, I, I so want to make you like like subtract a point from your rating because you didn't have a poke. Because I didn't have a poke. <laughs> That's a highly sexual rating I know, system. No, I know. That's, I won't. I would never. I would never. You give. That's a very horny viewing of heart to heart. I'm a very horny man. Um, Unlike just a regular viewing where then you have pick your poke. Yeah. 
that's a regular. Hey, yeah. I don't know of anything where I don't have pick your poke. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> we pick our poke in every single uh, thing we watch. Ellen, what are yes. we watching next week? Mm-hmm. Oh, up. Eric, this is going to be your your delight. This is this is. I'm excited just to tell you about it because I feel like I know how much you're going to love it. <laughs> just knowing you. So, God, I guess I hope you don't hate it. Um, uh, Originally airing on March 11th, 1980. Uh, Next week, we're going to be watching Sixth Sense. Oh, fuck yes. Mm. Yeah. The hearts enter the mysterious world of psychic phenomena and encounter a heart industries employee with amazing powers of ESP, a twin sister, a wealthy grandfather, and... A deranged killer. Are you serious? Ooh, that sounds awesome. I've never been more serious. Well, <laughs> I have, but I'm I'm serious in the sense that that is an actual description of the episode. That I am so. You just described like all of my favorite things. Mm. I know it's it's like a laundry list of shit Eric loves. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Uh, continue <laughs> to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at It Was Murder Pod. Mm-hmm. Send us an email at It Was Murder Pod. Write about at us gmail. in the New York Times. Um, yeah, Ira, please. Ira. Uh, we're waiting for your call. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Who? Ira, Ira Glass. No, just oh. <laughs> just some dude. Uh, I thought I thought of Ira Levin. I was excited for a second. <laughs> yes, Ira um, Levin. We're we wanted to he's the, dead. Next, I the know. next podcast will be us discussing Rosemary's baby twice a week for a hundred years and talking to a dead man. Oh my god, no. Fantastic. <laughs> I do not sign off on finally, this. Finally, finally we have liftoff. <laughs> um, we'll have no pokes. Well, and I hope that I hope our friend is Cuddling up in the arms of his lover, I want to say good night, Freeway. Mm, good night, Freeway. Good night, Freeway. See you in Bacopa. Bacopa. Copa is cup. Bacup. <laughs> Bacopa. Bacup. 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 Oh my god. Oh.